Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Sophie. Welcome to A Tardis of One's Own. A queer feminist journey through time and space and new who. Hello, yet another episode of The Who Pod After Dark. <laughs> um, and what, what a change climatically we've had yes. in the last seven days. So it was muggy as fuck a week ago. It was like warm, like actively in the 20s in the day. Today I think the high was like 11. Yeah. And it's currently about six degrees and pissing it down. And windy and, and just windy. horrible. It's cold AF. Yeah. I wore three layers to get here. Yeah, a week necessary. ago I was wearing short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the heater on again though, yeah. so we're all about that. Also, just a heads up for the listeners: uh, I have a dog in here with me. Her name is Percy slash Persephone. She might chew her bone, and you might hear it, for which I apologise. But currently, she's just on her bed, so we'll see how long that lasts. Looking extremely cute. She's being well behaved, just because there's a guest here and not her normal self. So I'll take it. Yeah, good. How have you been? What's new? Bit, I mean, uh, yeah, ups and downs. Um, had again working through some stuff, personal life stuff, kind of come to a head. So I'm taking some time to just self care under under the we bracket of self care. <laughs> we love it. Uh, yeah. So n- not not my best self, but hopefully we'll get there. Yeah, great. Have you tried yoga? <laughs> Have a minty. <laughs> on the pod right yeah yeah yeah. we will also talk about that there were like there was absolute chaos in the capital a week ago because uh like a week and a half ago because the trains were totally fucked so it's Mm. the main commute arteries into the big city and they fucked up they massively fucked up the train network yeah and they were at the station giving out sweets so they had a basket of lollies and as people were irately wandering around they were just like can i interest you in a fruit first apologies from that link Here's a chewy lolly that will give you dental damage. <laughs> Sorry that you can't get home, but have this lolly. Sorry, we yeah. only have the shit flavors left. So it's become a bit of a bit of a shorthand for dealing with anything heavy to just be like, here, have a sweet. <laughs> At least give me a good sweet if yeah, you're gonna do that. Yeah. Break out the Whitakers. Oh, like, yeah. give me some, you know, peanut top, slabs or yeah, something. Some, some, top level chocolate yeah none of that like freddo shit i mean i love a freddo but you know yeah if you are an international listener and you haven't tried whitakers we can highly recommend it yeah it's the best chocolate yeah so many flavors what is that? Oh. she's biting the leg of the table <laughs> apologies um so thank you for asking my friend um but yeah yeah how are you i am exhausted uh, picked up the pup on Saturday and she was unhinged, I think is the best way to describe it. I was basically in tears Saturday night. I was just so exhausted and just felt like it was so horrible. But every day has been slightly better. She's been calmer and calmer every day. And yeah, we'll just see how it goes. Like the trial's supposed to be for seven days, but they said I could take as long as I need to decide if she yeah, was nice. right for us. Because it's not just about... Like, I obviously have always, I'm a dog person, I love dogs, but it's not just about having a dog, it's making sure that she has the life that she can be happy with. (laughs) I don't want her to have a sad little life. Like, she might be better off with a family with lots of kids who can play with her or someone who's around all day, because they did say that she can't really be alone for prolonged periods of time. And I don't want to leave her alone, but I need a dog who's at least going to be okay for two hours alone in the garden and currently 
were definitely not there. Like, she yeah. has escaped multiple times. Jesus. Um, I can't leave her unsupervised. Even when I'm sitting next to her in the garden, she escapes. So I don't know if it's just a safety thing because she doesn't know where her home is or even if she's really trying to escape or she's just trying to get into the house, I think might be the thing as well. But we live on a busy road, so that's not a risk I'm willing to take. So it's just a lot. It's very overwhelming. And it makes me question whether this is the life that I want. Right? Well, yeah, this is it. Is it working for you? Is it working for her? Yeah. yeah. And you don't... But she is incredibly sweet, and I do have think she has potential to be a great dog. Like, she's got, she's so smart, like you just yeah, saw yeah. before. Yeah, she yeah, learned yeah. that so in two smart. days. Yeah. Right? And she's getting on well with the cat. Mm. We've had some good introductions. They've had FaceTime. Luna has hissed at her multiple times. Okay. Asserting her dominance. We don't mind that. No, we think good. that she should be the one yeah, 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 yeah. Put being her aggressive, yeah, whereas yeah. Percy's just been wagging her tail at her. Um, yeah, Cute. so... It's like when someone's like, I hate you, and she's like, friend! Basically. <laughs> Which is also how I have approached Luna, so... Yeah, yeah. That's all the same. And how you approach Luna, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's I been a lot. I love me. <laughs> that's what Percy says. Yeah. Also, they're the same colour combo, and it's it, just, so cute. Imagine them curled up together on the beanbag, okay? Yeah, think, oh of the, think of the gram, oh Luna. Still emo, black and white <laughs> But yeah, otherwise, like, I'm working from home while I've got her, so working from home for two weeks, so, you know, not commuting and... Oh, no. Taking out the commute makes such a mental health difference, and money as well. Yeah. And if you're not in town, you're not, like, tempted by the shops right next to the office. Yeah, like, you're not buying whole, lunches. Yeah. Plus walking a bajillion Ks. Yeah, I mean, that's less good at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 6.30 this morning. So dark. I was like, I can't. I lift my glasses because it was raining. So I'm like, now I can't see anything, really, and it's dark. I'm just trusting that she will <laughs> alert me if someone is attacking oh me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm wearing my headphones, my hoodie up, like, no, no visibility. Nah, you've, got no, you've got no, like, situational awareness, as they would say that. Yeah. Yeah. But she'll, she'll let me know, maybe. Yeah, no, she would, she would. Anywho, that's the whole thing. We're learning, we're learning, we're growing. Yeah. She seems happy right now, so that's all that really matters. Okay, well, shall we crack on? We've got yeah, absolutely. episode 27, can you believe it? I know, crazy. So I will summarise for us. Yes, please. We watched episode 6 of season 3, The Lazarus Experiment. Mm-hmm. Some serious foreshadowing <laughs> in that name. And in this episode... The Doctor takes Martha home with the intention of calling time on their travels. He decides to stick around when he hears that that very evening, a scientist will reveal a discovery that will forever change mankind. The 72-year-old Dr. Lazarus is hosting a lavish party, organised by Martha's sister Tish, to unveil his new machine. He appears to have discovered the secret of eternal youth, but do his experiments hide a sinister secret? Spoiler. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, it wouldn't be an episode. (laughs) And obviously, you know, like, with the intention of calling time on their travels, but obviously that doesn't happen as well, because six episodes into a season, we're not going to lose a companion. I mean, maybe they've done that before, but nah. Not in our time, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Bechdel. Yes. Yes. We've got lots of sister-on-sister chats, sister-mum chats. Mum-Martha chat, but that's mostly about the Doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it's it's happening. I feel like there's more women in this episode i'm into yeah that. yeah a lot of more women and our theme would you like to introduce us yeah your... so i obviously this is quite an on the nose theme just considering what is happening but i thought it was a good one to talk about which is the obsession with youth 
So obviously, Dr. Lazarus, the very aptly named Dr. <laughs> Lazarus, is all about discovering the secret to eternal youth. He comes out of his machine and he's suddenly young again. And he has this like partner slash wife slash unclear business partner. I don't know. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you're going to change me too. And then he just sucks her dry, basically. Like yep. juicing an orange, I think, is the line that is used. And I just thought of that. Remember, was it last year or the year before, there was that viral tweet about Hilary Duff and how she still looks great at 35. And there was that huge backlash because people were like, well, why do we act like everyone goes from young to dead the minute they turn 30? <laughs> or another great quote was like, why are they acting like women shrivel up and turn to dust once they hit 30? Yeah, fuckers. Yeah, And then I also thought of Death Becomes Her, which is a great film, very camp film, with mm-hmm. Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn, where it's this whole thing about a fading actress learning about an immortality treatment, and she sees it as a way of outdoing her long-term rival, and so they like pursue this Ooh. eternal use potion. Yeah, And at the end, they're basically just falling apart, because you don't regenerate, your body doesn't regenerate, so like your leg, mm-hmm. if you lose your leg, your leg is just gone, right? Yeah, So yeah. it becomes this whole farcical thing that they do. Yeah, and I just think this is an issue that really predominantly affects women yes because our value is tied to our use and to our quote-unquote beauty which is related to youth and sexuality in a lot of ways right like if you grow old prematurely it's treated like you've lost your value you know there's this whole thing about women being called girls as well like this infantilization of women and it's just like so you aren't treated as an adult you're seen as young and inexperienced you can't be in charge without you know, being manly and being, well, yeah, unless you're masculine and you try to be in charge, you were seen as a threat, right? So you're like, if you're not feminine enough, you're a threat. And especially this, I think, affects black women who are often painted as loud and angry and tough, right? Yeah. I think another way we see this connection to youth is this whole removing of body hair thing. Yeah. Which, you know, hair is considered unclean in a woman and like, yeah. But if you're smooth like a dolphin, you're like youthful and pretty and yeah it's weird when it's like like young girls kind of vibe that was creepy yeah totally to be seen as being valuable you have to retain your youth and you have to be seen as being submissive but i've noticed this is also quite prevalent with queer communities as well like specifically i think gay men Mm. this obsession with looking younger um and i read quite an interesting thing earlier about a study that was published in January 2020 in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology where it talks about, it looked at five years worth of samples of participants across the US and it looked at anxiety and mental health concerns and mm-hmm. gay and bisexual men. Yeah. And one of the reasons that came about was that many in the community know all too well is that gay and bisexual men can be pretty harsh with one another and participants reported feeling stressed by what they perceived as the community's obsession with looks, status, and sex, and they pointed to its exclusionary racism and social cattiness. Because you've got to be young and hot. Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. Mm. And then I read a New York Times guest essay that was published on April this year, which is called There's No Roadmap for an Aging Lesbian. And it was really interesting because this woman was out with her partner in Times Square, and this guy gave her partner her pants and said, this would be great for you and your mum. And she was like, what? Because her partner's like two years older than her or something, but she has gray hair and she was wearing a mask. And so she was like, how, you know, she was shocked by it. Yeah. And then she has this line where she says, he pointed at my backside and said it looked like a peach. The price of the ticket back into the realm of youth was objectification. And she goes on about how she really struggles and how she thinks that's because she's never seen representation of older lesbians and what it is Mm. like to be an older queer in particular. Yeah. And she talks about she had a 
lecturer at uni who was like 70 years old and that was the first time she saw actually a queer person who was mm. older and that was kind of an inspo thing then she heard that she died and she wondered about what her experience with her partner was at her end of life like what yeah. did they what was that like at the hospital how were they yeah. treated and she says maybe if i could talk to marge now she'd tell me that i've got it all wrong and aging is the great unifier maybe there isn't a queer lens on getting old because it doesn't matter all that much when the stakes begin to shift and she has this great line towards the end where she says as i prepare in the years to come to grow more frail or to forgo my agency memory or ability i also forgo my identity in a world eager to erase me it would probably be easier to dye my hair and to go back to at least looking like a younger scrappy dyke commit all the other queers like me and in the mirror where I can still imagine I have all the time in the world. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting, this idea that maybe the obsession like with youth is for women, I think, is because how we are given value. But it's also lying to ourselves that we aren't running out of time. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, big topic. So much, so much. It's really interesting. I think earlier you mentioned this obsession with youth and beauty. And basically that false equivalency mm. that youth is beauty. Yeah. And that there's been like, you know, some backlash, but also it's become a political statement if a company, especially a cosmetics company, chooses older models. Mm -hmm. Because then they're like, oh, they've used an older model. She's got grey hair. And it's no, you're just showing like the range of humanity. Yeah. You might use these products. It's not just going to be 20 year olds. Yeah. And like, especially aging products, you know, anti-aging products like retinol creams and yeah. like all that stuff. And they're using them on 25 year old skin. Like, yeah. what's the point? <laughs> there was this campaign. It was a lingerie campaign and they used models who were over 50 years old because it was this whole thing about women don't lose their sexuality just because yeah. they're older. And there was this line about there was a HuffPost piece about it and the line said women are taught that their age is a taboo subject and unfairly men seem to be able to continue to keep going without having to worry that their age might affect their attractiveness, their career or their sexuality. We fear getting older and the tropes of the old maid and the spinster come to mind, prompting us to panic about our attractiveness to men and settling down when seemingly it's not so bad when a man over 50 finds himself to be a bachelor, which I think is also a very good point. And it's interesting then in this episode that the man obsessed is a man like yeah the, yeah, the, yeah so it's a guy it's not cassandra right like, no 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 this is a 72 year old man who you know remembers the blitz grew up in second world war in london and yeah he talks about this kind of extension of human life and in a very like high level way like talking about it as being the next step for humanity and blah 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 really like profound goals but i think he's just scared of dying, dying. yeah like, he doesn't want to die he wants to hold on to, he very like you mentioned, as soon as he's young and looking young again, he like immediately shuns his similarly aged partner. Yeah. And starts creeping on Martha's sister. Who flirts back. Yeah, it's very, that's very weird. Like, it's very weird. Because I'm like, why is she now flirting with him? Because he's, I don't know, because it's like the boss. It's gross. It's yeah. really weird. It's toxic. It's an odd vibe. I don't know why they did that. The writers did that. I don't think that the character of Letitia would suddenly be like, I'm into you. Yeah. It's not like, with respect to him, it's not like Mark Gattis is like a stone cold fox. Like, yeah. you know, like, right? Like, yeah. Letitia is. Yeah. She is attractive as fuck. 
And this guy is not, he's like at least 20 years older than her. I can't get over a blonde Mark Gettys. I don't know why, yeah. like, the, the blonde really threw me. I don't know, because I just think of him as Mycroft, yeah, right? So I'm like, oh. But I think that's his natural hair Yeah, color. I do think so as I well. Because he's, he's very, he's very of the, uh, the pasty pale. But this is like, when my hairdresser went back to his natural blonde hair, and I was like, who is this stranger? <laughs> How dare you? Um, yeah, it's really interesting that he, yeah, like, he, he, he wants his immortality, but he immediately is now like, oh, aging is disgusting. Now yeah. I'm young. Like, I can get better, in inverted commas, than what I had. Like, And I'll keep doing whatever I need to to do it. It's almost like a vampire story in a way then, right? Like, sucking mm. the life. Well, he's not really doing it, but he becomes a very bad CGI monster. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, let's circle back to that because fucking hell. But one thing I did think of again, which like ties into this like obsession with youth, particular female presenting youth, is the age different stigma of relationships. Yeah. So like when he's you know looking maybe like he is in his forties and not in his seventies anymore, um, but then his partner is still in her seventies, he immediately is like grossed out and it's horrid. Yeah. And like that happens. Society is so bad to an older woman, younger man dynamic. Yeah. In a Harry way Styles they... and Olivia, what's her face? Wild. And yes. like, they're only like 15 years or something and Olivia was like in her 40s. It's and she's not like... hot. She's so fucking hot. Like she is so, she looks way younger than she is because, you know, money, yeah. privilege, yeah. everything. But Madonna has been dating like guys in her 20s her entire life. Yeah. Like, she gets older, they don't change. They stay the same. Just like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. But he gets... Yeah, some flack, but not in like a ew, this is disgusting way. More in a lol jokey way. Yeah, 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 but Madonna, you know, she's, I think, in her 60s. And the whole thing about men being older, being bachelors, right? I think about George Clooney because he was a bachelor for so long that people would talk about, like, oh, he's in his 40s and he's still a bachelor and blah, blah, blah. But when a woman does that, it's the saddest thing in the world, being like, oh my gosh, she's like all single and she's in her 50s and she's not had children. What a Jennifer Aniston. Yes, yeah. Like, after the whole Brad breakup, and they're like, poor Jennifer Aniston, let everybody pity her, she's not Angelina Jolie, blah blah blah. It's like, she looks like she's living her best fucking life. And she had to do a whole op-ed about the fact that she didn't yeah. didn't have a kid, right? Like, oh yeah, my yeah. god, it's so horrible, but it is a double standard, and it's because when you are, it's that classic thing, you know, what can you be as a woman, the mother, the maid, or the whore? Yeah. And if you don't fit one of those things... Like, if you are not yeah. a mother and you are an older woman, there's no room for you in society because, like, if you're not hot, quote-unquote, which means if you're not young, yeah. you can't be the virgin or the whore, yeah. and you're not the mother, so yeah. what the fuck's the point of you? Yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think you kind of touched it. We need to actually talk about episode details because yes. we've got a lot of things yeah, yeah, yeah. like we're just gonna plow on we should do random um, observations one more thing okay is that, that made me think of when you were talking but yeah. this obsession with youth for women and then the reverse for men to some degree mm. especially in the workplace yes so something that my partner has touched on is that he completely outside of his control purely genetics but he went gray mm. really young and he's pretty senior in his field and successful at what he does but he thinks it's really helped getting a place at those high level tables because he looks older, you know, experienced, mm. distinguished. Whatever. Distinguished. This is it. Like, whereas I'm... if women start going grey younger, 
you got to dye your hair, right? Yeah. Like, or you're like, oh, you're looking a bit tired. And it's such a for old. it's such a fraught thing. Like a friend of mine has recently decided to embrace her greys, and it was a real journey for her. Like it was a really tough thing for her to go through, and it felt really hard because so much of her identity was tied up in how she looked and how her hair looked, and suddenly her hair looked different, and she was like, I have to wear different colored clothes, and I'm like, I don't think that is true, but <laughs> sure, yeah, if that's what you think. It was a very difficult thing, and then she tried a different hairstyle because she's like maybe it's just i can't have the same hairstyle it was just it was interesting to see that happen to see how much we tie to our hair because it is how other people perceive us like if you have great hair people will think that you are older yeah and i do think maybe that's changing a little bit because it's quite trendy to have that like gray blonde hair yes but then you have to look you can't be in betweenies no you can either be old old with gray hair or you can be very young and it's obviously dyed yeah but like if you're in that like 30s 40s yeah and gray then people are like oh but from behind you looked old but actually your face is not that old but like what yeah and it's interesting as well you know the doctor and lazarus have quite tense conversations because that he's so hell-bent on immortality and the doctor is so much older like he is the oldest character in this episode right yeah but he's in a youthful body but he also knows that like living forever is not what it's cracked up to be. He's lost so many friends and family members. Just watch everyone and... get old and die. Yeah. But it also reminds me of Twilight because like Bella has a lot of hang-ups about this when Edward won't change her, right? And she's like, yeah. "Well, you're still gonna love me when I'm like yeah. 80. And he's like, "Yes." Ew. <laughs> but then we do have that in what we do in the shadows when Viago turns his ye oldie paramour, who's now in her 80s, 90s. <laughs> Because his coffin had the wrong postage on it, so it took too long for him to get to New Zealand. <laughs> Great film, 10 out of 10, do recommend. Dude, just talking about Twilight, it reminded me I saw, literally, I think it was yesterday, a tweet which was like, me and my partner just had an extremely long argument, and I'm sorry to the supermarket cashier, <laughs> because we cannot agree which is worse, Edward's relationship with Bella or Jacob imprinting on a fetus. <laughs> Clearly Jacob and printing on a fetus is but worse. Like, but Edward is a billionaire. Okay. Like you need she's to talk. Like a, she's a susceptible teenager. This... No, I do agree. The fetus imprint thing is fucked up. This does not bother me about vampire fiction. The fact that they're always like 200-year-old men falling in love but with like 60. there's such a power difference. Like it doesn't bother me because in okay. my head I'm like, fuck it, they just got frozen. Like Edward is an 18-year-old and he's always going to be an 18-year-old. It doesn't matter that he's lived to be 120. He's a fucking weirdo. And he's in high school like 10 times. Going to high school. You don't exist on any paperwork, dude. And medical school. Like, just get yeah, no, Get some hobbies. But you need to talk to my housemate about this because this is her big beef with vampire fiction and why she won't read it. Because she's like, why oh. are they always bazillion year old men and why are they interested in the 60 year old what could she possibly have to offer them in way of conversation oh my god yeah what can they talk about because they've seen shit right they've like re-sat with themselves they've done the inner work wow 16 year old i mean yeah you don't edward no have you read midnight sun i'll send you home with it it's quite the joy yeah no this is all really really interesting points But yeah. we'll come back to this because when we eventually get to Matt Smith season, there is a vampire episode, so we can talk okay, about cool, vampires cool, cool, there. Because cool, cool. I feel like we're spiraling. Yeah. But vampires and youth, I feel like naturally, it is go it's, together. It's like two sides of the same. Have point. you watched Interview with the Vampire, the TV show? No, because it's not anywhere. No, legal. it's not streaming anywhere. No. Yeah, but it's on my list. But also watching them, not seeing the movie. You need to vote for this podcast <laughs> so we can watch Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. Which for I'm some saying. reason I watched my English class. I watched a lot of weird movies in English. 
We watched Star Wars for some reason. Uh, Thelma and Louise, but we ran out of time to finish it, so we just... Oh my god, you did do the famous bit of Thelma and Louise. No, but we had all seen the Simpsons episode, so we covered with that. <laughs> oh my god, I'm like, one for one, it's the same. It's like, in the Simpsons, they dive into a rubbish pit, like there's rubbish in the canyon, but in Thelma and Louise, that doesn't happen, but that's no. the only difference, is what I told implied, but my yeah. classmates. Yeah. Anyway, wow. okay. Uh, I went to a great school, guys. Um, right, okay, random observations. There's a lot to talk oh, about. Oh, dude, okay. We've already talked about the gross professor creeping on Letitia. Yeah. Foreshadowing that Lazarus is his name. Jesus. Like, shovely. Like, <laughs> lay on thick. We had Solomon last episode. Yeah, no, I know. bread. <laughs> I really do appreciate that Martha's mum, who 100% is also the cat nun, <laughs> the, the head cat nun, definitely, that's her. Oh. Lady Danbury and Bridgerton. Yeah. She has not a single moment of time for the doctor. No. And I really love it that someone isn't either, you know, his like. Thrall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately just like fanboy or girling yeah. or like an alien enemy or whatever. Yeah. It's just someone who's like, no, I see you. I don't like you and I'm suspicious of you. <laughs> And I love that we've got a little bit of subversion when she asks the doctor's name and Martha's like, he's the doctor. And she's like, Doctor what? Instead of Doctor who. Which is great. Oh, yeah, cute. We stand. Yeah, that poor mother. Like, I do feel for her. She's just, like, trying to do right by her daughter. And then she's got these people telling her, like, reinforcing her fears, right? Being like, yeah. it's no good. Come with us. So I've written down in capital letters, random man. Yeah. And then Doctor is dangerous, whispering. Yeah. Those whispering. But, like, maybe that person has an agenda. Who knows? Probably has an agenda. Let's see. Can't remember. <laughs> um, yuck crunching noises. Yeah. Like, all the, like, Yeah, as the body transforms. Into the worst, worst possible. Try to describe it. Transformed into monster slash insect slash giant scorpion question Yeah. And why that? It's giving me extremely strong, except somehow the CGI is worse. The Scorpion King. The Bowie Pops <laughs> yeah. the Scorpion King. Yeah. And it was like, uh, like I love him, the man, the myth, the legend, Dwayne Johnson, in his first film. And he was done a disservice because it's so bad CGI. I and was, this was worse. Yeah, I just wrote that monster is grotesque. The face in yeah, all caps. Yeah, the face. No, the face. It's really horrible. Yeah, yeah, okay. And like they mess with DNA, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was hoping blah. for some science corner with Sophie on that because don't you think that's fucked up that that's what is unlocked in our DNA? Like this was a mutation no, that we could have taken. Oh, yeah, they're like, this is something that is buried deep in the DNA. I mean, like we all started off as like some level of like, like pre mammals. Maybe, yeah, we were just insecty kind of more, I don't yeah. want to say primitive, but like more simply, less complex life forms, right? Yeah. So we probably were at some point. But like, I don't know, it was weird. How did he get bigger? It's the same amount of DNA <laughs> and body. And like, how are you suddenly bigger? I don't know. It's a yeah. suspension of disbelief, whatever. I yeah. just think it was bad science. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to that line when the doctor, I think, is who says it, or maybe I'm wrong. But it's like, it's not the time that matters. It's the person. Because it reminded mm. me of a quote that one of our colleagues said to you <laughs> this week from Lord of the Rings. It's uh, <laughs> what you do with the time that is given to you. Yeah, he didn't just tell me the quote, but he, like, made me watch the clip on YouTube. Yeah, good. Because I'd forgotten it. And good lad. And not acceptable to him. So he just made me watch, like, a full... Oh, the quote had all the life energy drain out of her. What like, other kind of energy is there? 
like life energy i was like this is weird. You just could have been like had all the life drained out of her had all the energy drained out of her like i feel like we didn't need both of those words mm. it was weird like squeezing the juice out of an orange <laughs> yeah gross. Okay. i just want to give a shout out to ernest rutherford who split the atom who gets a shout out in this yeah! episode team kiwi somewhere in the greater wellington area there is a street named after him wow yeah it's not, um... he's on the money <laughs> not like our former colleague calling sir edmund hillary oh yeah because <laughs> he lived down the road in this extremely affluent auckland suburb like that is <laughs> and he told that story like, yeah i used to call up ed hillary oh yeah ed first name terms and i love that he told that story like everyone was doing yeah it. We, like, were like... No, we weren't all calling edmund fucking hillary you weird <laughs> anyway new zealand anyway good yeah, shout out love that um there was a nice little reference for the old school fans in this episode where he talks about reverse the polarity and i must be out of practice like it takes longer than you do mm. to reverse the polarity because that's a doctor who ye oldie joke about anything can be fixed by just reversing <laughs> the polarity of oh, the fun. neutral flow. yeah um we didn't talk about yet at the very beginning of the episode so they turn up in martha's house mm. and because of time travel it's only been 12 hours and then the doctor's like straight up trying to get rid of her yeah the end of the line so rude no warning nah she, he's like anyway cool yeah it was just meant to be a trip so i'll uh leave you here she is i've written martha devo yeah so, devastated. it's like the worst one night stand <laughs> oh god yeah it's literally like anyway yeah no i had a great time so uh see you later no, are you gonna call me no no i don't want your number <laughs> I feel like we both know that this was just uh, a, one, a special one night thing. Or just like a good time, not a long time. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so then obviously we have like a full 160 on that and he realises that, you know, he doesn't want to get rid of her, as it were. Yeah, and she says one more trip. Like she set some good boundaries. Yeah, yeah, I mean, kind of. She spends the entire episode being overtly in love with him. And I wrote down, she's just continuing to sacrifice for the Doctor. Yeah. And then I wrote, Martha plus Doctor equals toxic relationship. I think so, yeah. It's not cool. And, like, they're trying to, like, paint it as a unrequited love story. Yeah. They're not painting it as this is an abusive relationship. Because it is. And they're just like, oh, it's unrequited love. She just loves him. And this is what I've never liked about this. Like, I, and especially because Martha got a lot of like hate as a companion because people are like, how dare she be in love with him? He doesn't like her. She should just take the hint and what? like, <laughs> he loves Rose. Blah blah blah. Fans are so weird. Yeah, yeah. But I always thought that he one he knows she's into him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't do anything to deter her. Yeah. He gives her just enough to keep her going, yeah. and then he acts like a complete fucking asshole to her ninety percent of the mm-hmm. time. He is not good to her mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, she's into him, but I think maybe she has some unresolved trauma. Like, she's got an anxious attachment style. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really not fun. And, yeah. That sheltering in a crypt reference made me think of The Sound of Music. Oh. (laughs) No, when they hide in the graveyard at the back. Yeah. From Rolf. Family Mon Trap. We love the family Mon Trap. Big fan of Christopher Plummer. Did you know that I was backpacking in Salzburg and the hostel we stayed at showed The Sound of Music every single night for us? <laughs> They're like, this people. is the thing that people love. This you is why are... people are here. Yeah. <laughs> so we were watching it. It was just like me, my friend I was traveling with and like a bunch of girls and we were like 24 or whatever. I hadn't seen it in ages. And we all simultaneously had the realization that Christopher Plummer was really fucking hot. He's really hot. We were all just like, ah! <laughs> is it just me or is Captain Von Trapp a hottie? <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, three hours of delight. Um, There's a weird age difference there as well. Also power, also experience. She's like meant to be like an 18-year-old nun. Yeah, She's literally like, the fuck, dude? That's not cool. Leave, hey, leave Captain Von Trapp alone. <laughs> he 
he's not part of the problem. He's part of the solution. He carried those children on his back across the Alps. Do you know how I read an interview where Christopher Plummer apparently complained every time he lives? Because the youngest one was really heavy and he kept having to do multiple scenes and she and she was really fucking heavy and he was like, I don't want to give her any more back, like piggybacks. So they never would have got over those mountains. <laughs> Um, I don't know why my childhood people were obsessed. Like the media were obsessed with that film. Like there was routinely articles in the magazine that my mum got weekly about where are they now? Yeah, no, heaps of TV shows, and like there's always the ones that have like. I mean, none of them did anything. Like realistically, no. I mean, Christopher Plummer, Julie Andrews aside, like the kids. I mean, some of them got into like the soaps level kind of. It always baffled me that my ex had never seen The Sound of Music. I was like, what? how have you avoided this? It existed in the Western English-speaking world, and it was on every single Christmas. Christmas, yeah. In yeah. England, in yeah, South Australia, Africa. Yeah, and well, South Africa, yeah. yeah. My bizarrely stepdad it fucking loved it. So we always watched it. We like, always get the Christmas copy of the Radio Times, circle when The Sound of Music was on. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, like, Christmas Eve or Boxing Day. Yeah. I always stand those nuns uh, stealing the engine parts out of the car. <laughs> yeah, great, one of the all-time great cinematic moments when they're like, forgive us, Reverend Mother, we have sent, and it's like reveals engine parts. <laughs> Incredible. I do remember, this is weird, especially because of the context of how he is in the film, but I remember as a kid thinking that Rolf was hot. Oh, I thought that as well. And then I'm like, but he's a Nazi, but, but he's cute. He can, I can change it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's what Liesl thought. Yeah, she Look, did. this is the thing. When we're younger, we identify with Liesl. She's the cool, like, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. And then we get older, we're like, no, actually, we identify with Maria. But also not yeah. because she's 18. No, no, no. And I, like, none of that numbers. And always like, thought that the Baroness was such a villain. And then I rewatched it as an adult. I'm like, she does nothing. She's done yeah. nothing wrong. She's just living her life. She just doesn't like kids. And apparently that's a terrible thing. No, and like, that's not her fault. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe she should have set some boundaries, but she's maybe just wants Gail's money. Which was so fair. Cool. And Gail was hot. <laughs> like, like... Gail was super hot. And like, maybe he pitched it. I think he was bad at communicating. Mm. So maybe he pitched it like, oh, the kids aren't really in my life. Like, they have their nanny. Like, they do their thing, whatever. Like, because he was pretending, you know, there was a lot of emotional distance because yeah. of the, like, the kids and his wife and, you know, their mum. And so, yeah, it was just unfortunate. But, like, they could have had a happy life if he didn't have a billion children. Yeah. And fall in love with a nun. Which, again, is, like, not cool. Like, were you eyeing up the nun whilst you were, like, this, like, gallivanting around with your fiancé, too? Like... <laughs> Welcome to the Sound of Music podcast. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, yeah, back to the thing. As always, what would fix this? <laughs> Thrupple. Okay, yeah, I think that's all I had. <laughs> Really? Uh, and just a couple things. Last minute science to save the day, as always. Okay. And also, in capital letters, I don't think we'll ever see this ever again in any media. Saved by the organ. <laughs> Only like culturally relevant, sexy rock and roll use of an organ ever to ever happen. And why was I looking that up? That was Southern Cathedral, because I googled where that was. Because they said it was, but I didn't know yeah. if it actually was a cathedral. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then I was trying to rem- Why was that relevant? It was relevant. It was in something else. And I'm like, oh my god, Southern Cathedral, but I can't remember now. Also, happy coronation, everyone. Speaking Bitch. of organs. <laughs> there was so much singing. Why singing? So- we I hate watched watch it. it. Yeah. You hate watched it? Oh, we I watched, didn't watch yeah. it. I watched an uh, interesting... Uh, I, scan, like, I scan read a live blog, a comedy live blog. Yeah. Why did he look so sad? I know. Like, morose. I mean, like, yeah, your mum died. This is the only... But she died a while ago. It wasn't, like, yesterday. And also, like, 
you saw it coming. You literally exist for this purpose. I Maybe know. that's why he's sad. I'm like, just crack a smile. Like, you've wanted this for a very long time, don't pretend. But yeah. meanwhile, on the other end, Camilla did a very weird smile the whole time, oh. and she gave big Yzma from Emperor's New Groove vibes. <laughs> I was like, why do we even have this lever? I refuse to call her Queen Camilla. Like, what the actual fuck? Like, <laughs> The no. audacity of this. No, literally. <laughs> like, not even the audacity of her, it's him just as much. Yeah. But just, like, it's so weird and gross, and, like, if ghosts exist, Diana, please, like, fuck some shit up. Like, haunt them. Set like, a small fire going. Yeah, just like poltergeist. Like, I'm sure you've got like plenty of cool stuff going on. But yeah. So weird. It was a weird vibe. But yeah, lots of singing. I'm not that I'm like keen. Nah, yeah, because apparently Charles was super into it. It was annoying. <laughs> anyway, um, I was like, it was midnight. I'm like, I'm going to bed. I've had enough. Yeah. They can't be singing again. Uh, okay, cool. Did you have a standout moment? Oh, so my standouts were interesting. I didn't hate this episode, but also didn't love it. It's weird. It's a weird yeah, episode. Yeah, it's a weird yeah. episode. So, and also standouts are normally like something really funny, something like lighthearted, something like cool. And I didn't quite get that. So these were the things that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as an ordinary human. Mm. But you spend all the time complaining about annoying humans are and like, oh, I need to find someone who actually understands stuff. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. But like, so it's kind of, yeah. And then you were never really just a passenger, were you? Oh my it's God. Like, dude, stop fucking gaslighting her. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so, it is. Yeah. You're right because it's like he tries to say that she's reading into things that things yeah, aren't there. Yeah. But the things are there, and then he's like, "Oh yeah." I mean, yeah, you were right all along. Like yeah. I was just like trying to make you think that you were mental. Yeah, yeah. It's not so great. Standouts, but I know we try and end on a lighter note. But well, I think I'll did end. You on, have yeah, I did. Okay. I like. I love the line that you know. This is our second great poetry reference this season. We had one last week or the week before, and this week it was like, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a bang, yeah. which is another one of my faves. Yeah. Love it. There's a there's a novel that starts with that quote, ah. and it's like set in future where there's been, well, I think it was written in the 50s, so it's like 50s set, but an alternative 50s in Australia, and Austra- there's been like crazy nuclear war, and Australia's like the last place where people haven't died yet, oh, and this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper of everyone dying of radiation poisoning. It's really interesting. Yeah, it sounds about right as well. I think well. it's called A Tangled Ice. It's fucking bleak. Well, Australians love their dystopian <laughs> fiction. Like, they were yeah. the first ones really to do dystopian YA with Tomorrow When the War Began, which I think was a 93 Oh, interesting. Why, like, that's when YA started becoming YA. I'm going to Google that, stand by. Tomorrow yeah, no, When the War Began by John Marston. Those playing at home. Yeah, 93 was when it was published. And, like, that was the Hunger Games before the Hunger Games existed. So if you're into that sort of thing, give it a crack. It's great. Uh, I think it's Japan or some unnamed country invades Australia while the kids are in the bush. And they come back and the, everything is just under military rule. Um, and the other standout moment is just when he says, we need to turn this up to 11 because I love a spinal yeah. tap reference. So... Yeah. Always a great yeah, time. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, we love yeah. it. We love to see it. <laughs> Come up to 11. But it goes up to 11. <laughs> well, why don't you just make 10 louder? But, but it goes up to 11. <laughs> great. Yeah. Okay, well, so next time we'll be watching episode 7 of season 3, which is 42. Let us know your thoughts by emailing own at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out the show notes for links and for all the references discussed in this app. Maybe I'll even put in a photo of Percy. Yeah, thanks for coming over again. Oh, yeah, thanks, dude. Um, In your home studio. Yes. Yeah, again. Warm. It's working well for us. Yeah. And I've got, I feel like I've got a really hot face. It's all the laughing. I'm near the radiator. <laughs> yeah, it's the joy plus also the radiator. <laughs> Gotta be warm. It's important. Yeah.
All right. Well, we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.